successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello everybody and welcome to the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today on uh, the radio on KMBZ 980 AM on podcast networks, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google or Stitcher, or on our website, grillnationshow.com. Um, also up on the live stream here uh, on my social media, and uh, we will we will share this as well on my YouTube page, and you can watch all of our shows on YouTube as well if you want to see our guests in, in, uh, in live color and, and instead of just listening to them on the radio or on podcasts. We're going to have a great show today. Before I get to our guests, I want to quickly just share my social media information again. Jason Grill on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. Also on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search for at Jason Grill. Uh, you can also uh, find all of my shows again on uh, podcast networks, YouTube, and you connect with the show by going to emailing grillnationshow at gmail.com. Very excited to have on our show today Dr. Amy K. Patel. She is, uh, her website is uh, dramykpatel.com. She's a, uh, a great expert and leader in the community, as well as a person who truly empowers, educates, and advocates for uh, breast health in our region and nationally. And we thought it'd be great. Uh, she comes on the show as an expert uh, every once in a while, but I, I really am a collaborator. But I thought that, you know, it's October. It's now Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We wanted to have her back on the show today. So I wanted to welcome in Dr. Amy Patel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me on again. Thank you for joining us today from the hospital. I know you're busy. Um, I'm, I'm, I wanted to just kind of catch up with you first. Um, what have you been up to? I know you got married, I think, since our last show. Yes, I, I got married, uh, which we had to push because of COVID. So we're glad that we got married in early June. And then uh, I have a, a new breast care center with my team here at Liberty, which has just been really flourishing. Uh, and then in my personal life, my husband started as an architecture firm. So all of these things happened at one time. So it's been a very busy time in our lives. Definitely. You're very busy, but you never, you always seem to be, um, have a lot of energy, uh, Dr. Patel. Yes. You never seem to get tired. I don't know. I mean, I make sure I get adequate sleep because a lot of people ask me, do you ever sleep? And I do because I know that sleep's important. Uh, I can honestly say I probably didn't get very great sleep in medical school and residency like in my training. But now I do try to make sleep a priority. So uh, that for me is very crucial so that I can function the way I do every day. Very much so. Well, congrats on the on the marriage and on the uh, the, the expansion. We'll get into that in the following segment here. And I'm glad you're staying busy. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and kind of 
take our listeners through kind of why this is an important month for not only for you, but for everyone in your industry and, and the work you do with patients. And also, let's talk about some of the things that you, you plan on doing this month during the uh, October. Sure. Well, every month or every year, Breast Cancer Awareness Month is so crucial because it's a time where we come together as a breast cancer community, uh, whether it's our patients, the survivors, patient advocates, whether it's our, uh, you know, those on our team, the medical oncologists, the radiation oncologists, the surgeons, uh, the breast radiologists, all in the house of breast cancer and medicine are coming together to advocate for uh, our, our patients, for research, for uh, everything that comes with a breast cancer diagnosis, uh, whether it's something as simple, uh, which can be uh, quite you know challenging for patients to have transportation to treatments. I mean, it really is all-encompassing, but this year in particular, it's very, very crucial that we uh, increase the awareness. Uh, the pandemic has really uh, affected our breast cancer community. Uh, in the spring and early summer of 2020, the United States paused screening mammograms under advisement of the CDC. And we were essentially doing screening mammos in the single digits across the country. We started resuming screenings in, uh, depending on where you practice geographically, anywhere from early summer to midsummer. And since then, we have seen an uptick in screenings. However, uh, our screenings are still down approximately 13% across the country. That is very disconcerting to many of us in the field uh, because uh, we are now seeing more advanced breast cancer diagnoses where patients uh, either skipped their mammogram last year or were uh, just presenting to us later. So we have uh, in so many arenas, the American Cancer Society, uh, Society of Breast Imaging, American College of Radiology, there are a lot of return to screening campaigns going on right now. And so we're really trying to amplify this issue, particularly in the month of October. Mm-hmm. We'll get into kind of more of the concerns around that in our next segment. <clears throat> We're talking to Dr. Amy K. Patel. Her website is dramykpatel.com. Um, you know, it seems to me that you guys do a really good job of getting your message out during this month. I, you know, there's all kinds of different months for different uh, nonprofits or uh, health or whatever, you name it. Uh, I don't know if it's just because the NFL and sports really kind of get behind this, but it seems to me that, like, of all the months, yours is one of the most uh, – highlighted as far as publicity goes. Sure. I mean, it takes a village, as I always say, and having these partnerships with the NFL that we know uh, hold a lot of power uh, are, is very crucial in getting the word out. Again, it takes a village of all of us uh, to bring awareness to the issue. But I think that one of the reasons why October and breast cancer is always so prevalent and out there is because most of us have been touched by breast cancer, whether it's us personally, whether it's a loved one, our mothers, our sisters, our grandmothers, a close family friend. Uh, and what's also also, something to note is that unfortunately, as of recent years, the incidence of breast cancer is increasing. So in the 80s and 90s, we saw an increase in breast cancer. And in the early 2000s or so, we started to see decline, particularly because of the advent of uh 
better oncologic drugs and treatments for patients. Uh, but in recent years now, the incidence has started to rise. And so we have to, again, uh, come together and work on uh, additional oncologic treatments and therapies, tools for early detection, uh, so that we can bring that incidence down again. So again, so prevalent. And I think that's why that contributes to why Breast Cancer Awareness Month is so out there, and particularly in the month of October. We're talking to Dr. Amy K. Patel. I know you're a Chiefs fan. Are you are you nervous yet about the uh, two and two season? I'm a little nervous, but <laughs> I have faith in my Chiefs, and I, I do think we'll get. You know, I think we looked better at the last game against the Eagles compared to previously. Uh, I think uh, you know we have that Mahomes magic, which we're so lucky to have, and uh, hopefully our defense can tighten up a little bit more. But uh, I have faith in my team. You know, isn't it that the last time we lost two in a row, we ended up winning a Super Bowl? So (laughs) I am I'm cautiously optimistic, but. Wow, the AFC West is looking tough. I mean, that Raiders-Chargers game yesterday, uh, we're definitely going to have to be on our A game and win these games uh, going you know, here on out. And then we play the Bills on Sunday. So I'm like, wow, that's another uh, tough matchup. So we've got, we've got a tough season, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely do. And uh, I like your positivity. I, I, I tend to agree with you 100%. I'm not worried at all. I, I, I bet on the Chiefs to win the division again if I could right now. So anyways... Um, Dr. Amy K. Patel is our guest. We're going to talk more about some very hot topics in breast health care and breast imaging here and also talk about some of the expansion that she's kind of led at uh, the Liberty Hospital here in our region. You're listening to the Grill Nation show. We will be right back. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. I am uh, excited to be here today again here on the radio if you're listening on podcast or if you're watching us on my live stream or on our website, grillnationshow.com. I want to thank all of the listeners and watchers um, for connecting with us. I actually had a dream last night about uh, this radio show and this podcast. So anyway, so there you go. It's kind of constant in my mind. Um, anyway, so I want to bring back our guest. Dr. Amy K. Patel, and I keep saying your middle initial, Amy, it's DrAmyKPatel.com, but I, I call you Amy, I call you Dr. Patel, but your website is kind of, is, is easy to just like rolls off the tongue. Um, great website, by the way, if you haven't checked it out. It has so much great information and uh, information about breast health as long as, as well as a lot of information about uh, Dr. Patel and kind of some of the things that she's kind of spearheading and really really excited and concerned about uh, as far as her advocacy work and her engagement in the community as well as you know national speaking engagements and whatnot on this topic so great website i i'm i'm your, your website looks great i'm almost jealous of how good it looks i need to i need to work with your person on websites because this is a very good website anyways um okay enough about your website amy let's talk about kind of what you you mentioned earlier there is a concern amongst breast cancer uh, and, and breast health uh, individuals about kind of a delaying of life-saving screenings during COVID. You know, talk to us more about why this is a concern. I know you mentioned a little bit off the top, but let's kind of dive deeper into that um, at this time during this time of the COVID pandemic. 
Sure. So we are concerned. I know it's still very early to tell uh, what uh, the aftermath of uh, this will be in terms of delaying your screening or not coming in for screening altogether. Uh, anecdotally, I mean, just in our breast center, a lot of patients, even though we had come up with a notification process to let them know that we were um of resuming screenings and that you were let your, you know, we'd like you to come in and, and get up to date. We still had a very large percentage of women who, uh, substantial percentage of women who just skipped 2020 altogether. Uh, so as a result, we unfortunately are seeing more advanced breast cancers. Uh, the head of the National Cancer Institute, he actually gave a talk last summer uh, where he talked about, in the summer of 2020 rather, and he gave a conservative estimation that uh, there will be an additional 10,000 breast and colon can cancer deaths over a decade. And that was early in the pandemic and it was a conservative conservative estimation. So we are predicting that number is unfortunately going to be higher. We know that if we detect a breast cancer earlier, particularly when it's millimetric less than one centimeter, your survival probability is going to approach 100%. You're not going to die of breast cancer. You're going to die you know, of something else down the road. But however, if you have a breast cancer that is more advanced, particularly five centimeters or over, your survival probability plummets. So that's why we always always preach early detection. And that's why we're getting more aggressive about heightened surveillance in the United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, people kind of probably were more engaged when you went back to the hospital and you were more, you're doing more of these tests. But, but now I think with a lot of these breakthrough cases with Delta variant, um, you know, I talked to someone essentially almost every other day that has COVID or is who was vaccinated and they have COVID now. Um, it, it's crazy. It seems to me that it's, it's, it's jumping up again. Maybe it's not, but it, in my community it is. And so I think you're going to have, continue to have a lot of these issues. So I think this, you know, advocacy and, and uh, public awareness is so important because I, I think it is kind of escalating now as far as, um, things that are happening with COVID and just, it's not over yet. It's absolutely not over yet. And so, you know, we've been really blessed here at Liberty in our breast care center, uh, joining forces with the American Cancer Society, Kansas City. Uh, they are very passionate about getting the word out about returning to screenings and uh, to ensure that uh, patients feel comfortable coming into breast centers and that we have safety measures in place. So, you know, recently, as simple as our chief medical officer at Liberty, who's an infectious disease specialist, uh, uh, he shared a video about how the utmost safety precautions are in place in breast centers and our breast center not to delay life-saving screenings. And that was something that the American Cancer Society of Kansas City shared uh, to just amplify the message. So even in the midst of the pandemic, you know, we have means to get the word out. Social media, digital means is very imperative right now, uh, even, you know, considering that pre-pandemic, we were gathering more in-person events, that kind of thing. Now we've really had to shift how we reach uh, our patients and patient stakeholders. And so digital means is really the way that we are trying to spread the message. Mm -hmm. um, and one one way, too, that I think your the medical industry has really advanced itself, maybe it's just because I've started paying more attention to it is just communication with your, your, your medical professional. It's yes. definitely a little bit easier than it used to be. You know, you got to call the doctor's office. You got to call the radiologist. 
now it seems to me that you can communicate a lot more via, you know, internet and, and hospital websites and whatnot. Right. There's so many ways in which to communicate, whether it's calling uh, one of us at our breast center, whether it's calling your primary care doctor. You know, we work as specialists very closely with the primary care providers, with uh, family practice, internal medicine, OB-GYN. And so a lot of times these patients have questions for them and then the questions get kicked to us. So we really, you know, work together to make sure that we're educating patients on this. Mm-hmm. What do you think as we move down the road here in 2021 and move into 2022? Do you think there's going to be, um, you know, any major changes or anything? I know that, I know that you've um, you've received the booster shot. We can get into that in a little bit. But um, where do, where do we go for you know forward here? What you know is just continuing education, or is it is there other mechanisms that you think might need to be implemented if uh, COVID continues to, to to rise in the fall? Yes, I think we'll have to continue to have continuing education via various means and not just uh, digital means. Uh, You know, social media is a great platform having, uh, you know, uh, virtual webinars and that kind of thing. But I really do think that uh, particularly certain populations that tend to be most vulnerable, even pre-pandemic, and in my world, that's uh, particularly women of color, uh, black and Hispanic, we will likely need to go to them, go to these communities boot and, and employ a boots on the ground approach. Now, we are all very busy, as you know, as, as clinicians and physician providers. But, you know, if we want to make patients a priority and we want to return to pre-pandemic uh, screening levels, evaluation levels, we are really going to have to take it a step further to make sure that these patients are coming in to get the care that they need. Mm-hmm. Very well spoken. Um, Dr. Amy K. Patel is our guest. You did the booster shot I saw on your social media recently. Tell us about that process and, you know, if it was any different than the other shots and, and, and what we need to know about it. Sure. So uh, there was some, uh, you know, uh, disagreement about who should get the booster and that kind of thing. But uh, ultimately, at the end of September, the CDC director uh, announced that in addition to the recommendations made for booster shots, uh, that those at increased risk for exposure, i.e. healthcare workers, should be getting the booster. So right now, it is approved for Pfizer only. Uh, We're hoping in uh, very soon that uh, Moderna will be coming out with booster approval. Uh, But particularly if you've had, uh, you've completed your regimen six months after uh, you've completed that second dose of your Pfizer, uh, can you be qualified for the booster? So I was already at eight, a little over eight months. And so I received my booster on Friday. Uh, I will say that I uh, had, you know, the, after the second shot, I had fevers and chills for about 24 hours. My arm hurt a little bit, but then I was pretty much back to normal. I would say this time I didn't have fevers and chills, but my arm hurt pretty badly. My uh, I got the injection in my left arm. My armpit, uh, it actually is still a little sore even today. Uh, so, you know, I think, you know, depending on who you are, people respond differently. It, it all comes down to your immune response. You know, my dad is also in healthcare. He's received the booster and he felt a little feverish, uh, had some chills uh, for what, the day after, but then the next day he's completely fine. And he didn't experience all the, the symptoms that I had in my arm and my, in my armpit. So 
Uh, I would encourage those not to be afraid of these side effects. They're very short-lived. Overall, I feel completely back to normal. Uh, but uh, the booster, I think, is, is so imperative. And then, of course, those who haven't been, uh, you know, getting even the first dose or the vaccine and are still on the fence, uh, that is really the demographic we're trying to reach to get out there and to uh, get that vaccine. Very much so. I can tell you as someone who's had COVID since the vaccination, I took it. It's not a fun thing to have, and I can't imagine what it's like if you have not been vaccinated. So Dr. Patel, you are um, the medical director of the Breast Care Center at Liberty Hospital, but you obviously also... uh, you know, see a bunch of patients and, 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 and practice as well. What is that like? Talk to us about kind of that balance and kind of how that works. I'm very interested to know kind of, you know, the day-to-day what that looks like. Well, the day-to-day is a little crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I have my clinical role and then I have my administrative role. And uh, since I came on, uh, on the team in 2018 to really build not just the breast imaging por- portion, but the entire breast program, it's been really hectic. So, you know, I might get it to work in the morning and then I may have, you know, a, a meeting and, or, and then after that may start my clinical day. But then, you know, in the midst of my clinical day, uh, I have meetings that are kind of thrown in Uh and then we just have to figure out, you know, my schedule. And then after work, oftentimes I have meetings. There's a lot, there's lots of meetings that go into uh, building a breast program. Uh, it really takes a lot of dedication, but uh, I, you know, everything's been going very well. Uh, I can, uh, you know, proudly announce that we just hired another breast imaging specialist, dedicated breast imager to join our team. Uh, she did her breast imaging fellowship at Northwestern University. So I'm very confident in her abilities. She'll be a great asset to our team. So we just continue to flourish and grow. And uh, I just continue to adapt in my role. I love it. I love it. We'll talk more with Dr. Amy K. Patel here after the break. Thanks for joining us today on the Grill Nation. Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me today. As always, whether you're listening on the radio, on podcasts, on uh, grillnationshow.com, on our live stream or on YouTube, we're everywhere. I appreciate it. I'm really excited to have uh, Dr. Amy Patel back uh, on the show, especially because it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I can't believe it's October already. Um, before you know it, it's going to be Thanksgiving, uh, but we want to focus today on breast cancer awareness and everything that happens uh, with breast cancer and imaging and health. And Dr. Amy K. Patel is an expert in our region. She is the medical director and also provider at the Breast Care Center at Liberty Hospital. Uh, The website, of course, is libertyhospital.org. And then you can search for um, the Breast Care Center. Amy, um, we're we're really interested to know kind of now that we've kind of talked about where we're at with... um, you know, the current state of, of imaging, we've talked about October being Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We've talked about kind of how COVID has affected everything. Um, let's talk now about kind of some of the current hot topics in breast health and breast imaging. And I want to I want to start with um, with AI because I know that's uh, something that's important to you. So let's start there. Tell us about kind of what's going on with AI in your field. Sure. So AI is really picking up steam in the in the field of uh not just breast imaging, but breast cancer. 
you know, we are looking at ways to always improve our accuracy of interpretations. And, you know, the the truth of the matter is that our volumes are just continuing to rise. And so with the rise in volumes, you look at, you know, are you going to have the radiologist to staff the increasing volumes? Fatigue is a huge issue. You know, right now, COVID, arguably burnout is highest it's ever been. Uh, physician suicide, unfortunately, is on the rise as well. So AI really, for us, has a lot of potential to not only make us better at what we do, but uh, address issues of, uh, of burnout and address the accuracy issues that we may encounter when fatigued. So in AI and breast imaging, we are seeing, we're, we're still in the, it, the very early stages, so that's important to note. But we are seeing AI and mammography where, you know, particularly the AI tool can pick up on a cancer that maybe it was completely missed by a radiologist to AI breast ultrasound, which is something that we are using at Liberty. We started uh, launching that in summer of 2019. And again, it is a slow process, but what we are finding with our AI breast ultrasound is a, main, a maintenance of our cancer detection rate, but a, a very substantial reduction of close to 40% of unnecessary biopsies. And so if we can also not only improve the mortality for our patients, meaning we are can detecting cancers earlier, saving more lives, uh, we also care about morbidity. If we can avoid an unnecessary biopsy in a woman, and as well as save the money. These biopsies are very costly procedures. I mean, that is just going to elevate patient care. Uh, we're also seeing AI in, with breast MRI and even AI with uh, utilization of AI before giving, uh, you know, chemotherapy and then assessing response to chemotherapy before a patient goes for surgery for their breast cancer. So a lot of really exciting things on the horizon for AI and breast cancer care. And I am very excited to be a part of it and the movement for change. You made a lot of great points there. And it's, it's, you just, you don't think about kind of the fatigue aspect and the mental health aspect of how AI can help with that. You know, I, I, I hadn't thought about that angle and, and the why behind that. So I think that's that's very important because, you know, like you said, I mean, providers work long hours. They deal with a lot of stress. They deal with a lot of health issues. They deal with pain. Um, and, I, I, you know, people don't really think about that as, as a way technology potentially could, could assist with that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't talk about this as much, but false negatives are something that are very real in the field of breast imaging, meaning that there is a cancer lurking in that on that mammogram in a sea of possibly dense tissue that we just don't pick up on. So particularly with AI, it could really address the accuracy and the false negative concerns. Mm -hmm. So you think AI is going to continue to grow um, and we're going to see further advancements on it in the future? I absolutely do. And I think, you know, we're seeing AI in so many uh, arenas, I think, not just in medicine, uh, but I think particularly in medicine and especially when it comes to radiology, uh, AI is definitely going to be the mainstay in the future. Well, yeah. And I hope that it's I hope that it's like you said, I hope it could be more widespread. You know, obviously you're going to be spearheading it at Liberty. But as you said, you know, we're going to have to make sure that people not only in rural areas, but also in urban areas um, mm -hmm. have access to this technology uh, in life-saving, uh, you know, time that, that it provides. So that's exciting that you guys at Liberty Hospital are advocating for it. 
and using it. Um, and I, I did look at your website today at Liberty Hospital, and obviously uh, you do speak a lot about it and kind of the, the state-of-the-art technology that you're all using up there uh, when it comes to breast imaging. So that's, that's awesome. It's very exciting. Uh, Amy, I want to talk to you a little bit. I know you're a, a radvocate and a uh, person who is an advocate for uh, in your industry. Let's talk about that. How has your advocacy been going? Has it been slowed down by COVID? What I, I've seen you in tons of um, uh, speeches uh, like this, webinars uh, across the country. What, it doesn't sound like you've slowed down at all with your advocacy work. No, I mean, I think if anything, they've intensified because now uh, with the pandemic, although uh, people aren't traveling or in-person meetings aren't happening, uh, everyone has now adapted to sort of the virtual meeting format. So uh, I'm very honored to be invited to uh, speak on this in various arenas of advocacy, whether it's advocacy on the government uh, relations and the radiology political advocacy and whether it's advocacy to talk about breast cancer screening. So, uh, but yes, uh, I think we, if anything, the efforts have intensified, which I, I, you know, at the end of the day is a good thing. What are some of the issues that you're currently uh, advocating for right now, whether it's in Missouri or federally? And then we'll kind of get into what 2022 holds, but let, let's kind of start with right now. What, what are some of the current issues? Well, we are continuing to ensure that women are receiving insurance coverage uh, annually beginning the age of 40 who are average risk, uh, particularly for screening mammography. Um, that is something that, um, you know, we're fortunate to have that kind of legislation in place in the state of Missouri, but ensuring that all the other states are privy to that uh, is very, very important. So we're continuing to work on that. Where, where, where do you stand right now across the country? Is it is it like, you know, 25 states have something like this or is it is it closer to like 40? Is it less than that? Where, what, what, where are you at with states as far as you know? Well, particularly through the PALS Act that we have been extending uh, the moratorium for annual screening mammography. So that's under a federal legislation. So that in and of itself is is great. But uh, that doesn't necessarily parse down 2D versus 3D mammography coverage. So, um, you know, particularly in the state of Missouri, we do have both 2D and 3D mammography coverage uh, in average risk women beginning at the age of 40. And that... Uh, bill was enacted in 2018. And then as far as uh, we took it a step further last year in 2020 to include screening recommendations for above average risk women, uh, which leads me to my next point is that we are still working on uh, ensuring that insurance providers have caught up to this legislation because we are getting a lot of patients that are still being denied who are deemed high risk, who should be receiving earlier surveillance, heightened surveillance, and they're getting denied by insurance companies. So we're still actively working on that in the state of Missouri. Uh, particularly, I worked on that legislation with Senator Lauren Arthur. She is still and her staff in, you know, in communication with our insurance providers uh, because at the end of the day, this, this legislation has passed and insurance companies need to get on board to ensure that our patients are being covered. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's interesting. So so 2022 could be a pivotal year in Missouri. Absolutely. I mean, just making sure that now these we've had two critical pieces of breast legislation in 2018 and then a modification of that in 2020 with the high risk component. And we really need to make sure that 
this, you know, that our insurance providers are holding up their end of the bargain or the end of the deal. But it's important to note that this legislation is only under Missouri constitutional law. So if you're a, a woman who lives in Missouri, but her insurance coverage is maybe through Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee, she's not necessarily going to be covered for everything that's under Missouri law. So that's why, you know, in the future, what we're seeing kind of at the federal level is we're going to have to have some sort of federal sweeping mandate in terms of, and I know people don't like the word mandate, but we're going to have to have some sort of federal legislation where women across the country can ensure that they are receiving uh, the regular surveillance that is recommended by breast cancer uh, subspecialty groups and also that they are receiving 3D mammography coverage. Mm -hmm. Well, I just got to commend you, Dr. Patel, because as a former legislator and someone who works in government affairs and public uh, policy engagement with multiple clients, it is a... uh, it is like led, the, the process is like rolling a boulder up a hill, <laughs> a mountain, excuse me. It could take years. Yes. And it's you guys a, have been very successful or short years to get these legislation through. Yeah, it is. As you know, being you were there, uh, it can be a very, very exhausting process. And I often say it's a you know, labor of love. You really have to be passionate about this. Uh, and I, I'm very passionate about what I do. Uh, and so, but it's worth it if you if you truly believe in the cause and and you know all the lives that it could potentially affect. I'm in a position where I can advocate for our patients, not just my patients here at Liberty and our patients, but patients across the state of Missouri. Uh, I you know I'm very fortunate to collaborate with many breast imaging specialists, not just across the country, but also in the state of Missouri. So if this can benefit all of our patients, you know that's a win in my book. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Dr. Patel is with us, the medical director of the Breast Care Center at Liberty Hospital. Her website is drdramykpatel.com. We'll be right back on the Grill Nation show with our final segment today. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today. However you're listening, watching, or with us, we greatly appreciate it. I enjoy doing this show every week, and I I really enjoy having Dr. Amy K. Patel on the show. Her website is dramykpatel.com. It's DR at the start of it, uh, abbreviated, dramykpatel.com. She is the medical director and a provider uh, at the Breast Care Center at Liberty Hospital here in the region, but also an advocate and a, uh, an expert thought leader in breast health care and imaging throughout the, uh, the state and uh, our country. Dr. Patel, uh, since we last had you on, we talked about this stuff about getting married and going on a honeymoon and uh, your husband getting a, starting his own business and all this other stuff that's just amazing. But you've also expanded uh, things at Liberty Hospital. Um, please share with us some uh, some of the growth and some of the expansion and some of the updates that you have about your uh, work at Liberty Hospital. Sure. So I can honestly say that since I started here in 2018, it's truly been a whirlwind. 
but I am very appreciative to the administrative leadership at Liberty that really supported my vision of what I felt we could bring, uh, not just to the patients in Liberty, but to the Kansas City Metro. We are now serving patients uh, throughout Northwest Missouri up to this to Southern Iowa. Uh, we see you know patients from Nebraska, obviously from Kansas. So we are seeing a very large swath now. So because we had this influx in patient volume, uh, we really needed a breast center to be able to care for all these patients, so uh, or a larger breast center, rather. So uh, we, have, we were so fortunate in June of this year, even though we were in the midst of a pandemic, uh, we still continued our plans to ex- for expansion. And so we have a brand new breast center, double the size, that opened uh, in June and uh, continuing our efforts uh, to expand our breast imaging services throughout the region. Uh, and then on top of that, we also with, were able to establish a, a plastic surgery program here uh, at Liberty. I'm also, in addition to my role in the Breast Imaging Center, I'm the chairman of our cancer committee at Liberty, and I oversee all the cancer programs. And we really needed to have a plastics program. So we recruited this brilliant uh, plastic surgeon to lead the effort from John, Johns Hopkins University, Dr. Colton McNichols, and he is leading the efforts for our plastics program, which has just taken off since he has arrived. Uh, we also have established a genetics program. So in addition to what we do for breast cancer, genetics is so incredibly important. And knowing uh, if you do have a family history, are you a genetic mutation carrier? And because that could have implications on your life and future generations. So we started a genetics program here. So really, if a patient comes here and is diagnosed with a breast cancer, we're able to provide that uh, subspecialty sort of comprehensive breast care anywhere from breast imaging, uh, breast surgery, plastic surgery and beyond. Wow, that was a lot more than I thought you'd, you'd talk about. I thought you were just talking about the physical uh, uh, space of the Breast Care Center has grown. But not only has that grown, you've also you've taken on so much more expansion as far as what the providers do. Yes. Uh, you know, I work really well. Like I said, our admin leadership is very supportive. Uh, they are supportive of my ideas and of the needs. When I identify needs of the community, they're very receptive and, and they're problem solvers, you know. So we sit down and what can we do to change that? I have, uh, I'm so fortunate to have what arguably, who is arguably the best chief medical officer in Kansas City. Uh, I have the best CEO, COO. Uh, so we just have a really good team here. And so we've been able to accomplish a lot in a short amount of time. Very much so. What, what have you learned throughout this process with everything that's happened? I know you had some dignitaries as well, your ribbon cutting. I mean, so you've been very engaged. It's been covered in the media and whatnot as well. Yeah. You know, what I've learned is that you may not get your way the first time. You know, a lot of people say, how are you getting all of this, uh, you know, accomplished? It's not like I'm saying we need this and it just happens overnight. It takes a lot of hard work. Uh, I have to be have my ducks in, the, in a row uh, to have a justification of why we need X, Y, or Z. Uh, I have to be tenacious, persistent. Uh, I often call myself a gnat here because, you know, you just like can't swap me away. Uh, if I, you know, if I'm told no the first time, you know, I'm going to figure out a way for you to say yes the second time. Uh, so I have I learned that leadership is very hard work. It takes grit, but I try to throw in a little bit of grace, and I think that we have really started to build something truly special here. 
Well, talk to us about that and kind of the team, you know, because you mentioned a lot of different players, but how, how big is like a, a breast care center team or your hospital team that you work with? Sure. I mean, it just depends on kind of like the size of where, you know, you are looking at volume wise or so. Right. So uh, you can have a team, you know, and I'm just speaking in generalities across the country. You could have maybe a team where there's only uh, one breast imager and then maybe like a handful of technologists. But you can be in a team where, uh, you know, we have, you know, we have six, uh, including me, seven uh, radiologists who are reading. Uh, we have six general radiologists who read breast. We have me, who's a breast imaging specialist. We have another breast imaging specialist who helps us uh, when I'm particularly on vacation. And we have this another breast imager coming in, starting full time soon with us. Uh, and it, it, eventually, I do think we're going to need at least three or four total breast imaging specialists on site uh, every day. Uh, given the growth. So with that, you know, you're you're looking at maybe 15, 20 technologists ranging from performing mammograms to ultrasound. Uh, and then, of course, the admin staff that goes with it. So it's quite an operation. It can really proliferate. Uh, and we just, of course, we just hired a second nurse navigator as well to accommodate the growth. So uh, with as the growth comes quickly, your staffing has to grow quickly as well. What have there been any surprises through this process? I know you you obviously are a uh, a very thoughtful and, and and hard worker and planner. What what are your is there been any surprises through that that you didn't expect? Or is it is it well, going to work out perfectly, Amy? No, the biggest <laughs> surprise was how quickly we grew because I I felt like you know we grew so quickly we didn't anticipate this and so we're continuously playing the catch up game, uh, and you know. There was no way we could have predicted this growth, uh, to be honest. And talking to my admin leadership who have been in these positions for many, many years, particularly our CEO has been here for many years, he just hasn't seen something like this before. So we're just continuously kind of playing that catch-up game, uh, which, again, just not anticipated, but all good problems to have. What what is next for uh, for you, Amy, and for uh, the breast care center? What are you excited about? I just think you know I'm again going to speak in generalities. I can't get into too much detail right now, <laughs> but just continuing to grow, expand our presence in the Kansas City metro, ensuring that patients have timely access to care and have access to care. You know, for me, it's very important. Another one of my passions is bridging the gap to breast care disparities. So not only working on the legislative. But if you don't have insurance at all, you know, what can we do to help those women make sure they're getting the treatments they deserve? So I work very closely with the Liberty Hospital Foundation. We have a women's health fund to help those patients in need. So really getting all of that in place so that we can reach as many patients as we can and make sure that they all have access to care uh, to expert subspecialty breast care at that. Well, you've taken on a lot, and you've grown pretty quickly. I can't believe it's only been three years um, that you've been been back here in Kansas City and, and working with Liberty Hospital. It's amazing work. Um, the website for you, again, is dramykpatel.com, and then obviously Liberty Hospital is libertyhospital.org. Um, I want to thank you for coming on the show and for, for really kind of giving us an update and also talking about Breast Cancer Awareness Month this October. Um, wear your pink if you're not. Real men wear pink too. Men wear pink. Women wear pink. Everyone should be wearing pink this month. Right, Amy? Yep. I'm wearing my pink scrubs today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate you joining us. And I want to thank all of the listeners for listening today. I hope you found today's show valuable. And if you want to connect with Amy again, 
DrAmyKPatel.com. Thanks for listening to the Grill Nation show. We will see you again next week. Take care and have a great day.